Hello and welcome back everyone to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me another day and uh, just kind of an FYI uh, in the future. Uh, I've said this before, um, you know, but I've been able to keep it going every day. There is going to be a little bit of a slowdown in programs coming in the near future. What I'm wanting to do over the next weeks is I'm wanting to concentrate more on uh, putting out some interviews with different pastors. And in doing that, it often it, it, uh, scheduling can get challenging. And so put in doing that, getting one of those out every day is just not possible. So we're definitely going to slow it down a little bit. So don't be expecting an episode every day, but uh, there will be uh, there will be many and I'll put out as much as I can. The other thing, too, uh, I've got a couple real busy weeks coming up where I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be going to Kansas one week and then uh, the very next week I'm going to be going to Florida. So there's no way I'm going to be able to get that far ahead. And so, uh, in fact, be preparing yourself, bracing yourself for a break in programs. And hopefully you can survive uh, without a couple weeks of new content. But uh, I'm sure it's hard for everyone to keep up with all the episodes we've been putting out. We've been putting out stuff every day except Sunday. And this Sunday we had two sermons we put on the channel for several weeks now. So go back and listen to the old stuff. You don't want to miss anything because I don't, I don't like repeating a lot of stuff. I like to, uh, I, so there are going to be programs where I'm going to assume that you watched previous programs. And if you've gotten behind, if you've been missing out on things, then, uh, you're going to be behind and you're not going to catch everything. And so sometimes we go deep and today we are going to go a little deep today and I want to try to show you something we're going to look at a specific prophecy that has been fulfilled this is not one that is to come uh, I think it's in order to help us understand prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled it will help us a lot if we can go back and look at prophecies that were fulfilled that is a very good practice to do and so we are going to look at a prophecy that was fulfilled and we're going to ask ourselves the question, when was this prophecy fulfilled? And in doing this, I'm going to teach you a very important lesson that you need to get a hold of when it comes to Bible prophecy. And that prophecy we're going to look at is in Micah chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, therefore shall Zion for your sake be plowed as a field and Jerusalem shall become heaps and the mountain of the house is the high places of the forest. So right there, a very clear prophecy as judgment, Zion is going to be plowed as a field. Zion is where the temple was built. And it was going to become heaps. It was going to become dens of dragons. Okay? Now, what does that mean? Well, this is a very common thing in Israel. If you go over to Israel today, we don't have stuff like this in America, really. Uh, but in, in and I guess there are maybe some examples. But in Israel, it's very common. They have what they call tells, where it's these large mounds, these heaps, you could say, where they know that underneath there is some kind of city, ruins, or something. But these places they would get destroyed, and then just over the centuries, just from dust and everything blown over it, we eventually just kind of have 
a big mound and you can't even tell anything was ever really there except for the fact that we just kind of have an unnatural looking heap. And it was prophesied that this was going to happen to Jerusalem, that it would become heaps and dens of dragons. And basically it was going to be just a, uh, you know, a cave where just lizards and things is what we would call them would dwell and run around and just kind of showing a picture of it being forgotten. And uh, that is a prophecy that was fulfilled. That happened to Jerusalem. But here's the question. When did this happen? It's important that we understand this. Okay. And Micah, uh, this is a very key verse in Micah where he prophesied this. He was the one that introduced this prophecy. And then later, Jeremiah basically gave the same prophecy where he, uh, in fact, he even refers to Micah in Jeremiah 51, 37. It says, and Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons and astonishment and a hissing without inhabitant. And that is something that did happen to Babylon. Babylon is the one that came and destroyed Jerusalem. And then it was also prophesied that Babylon was going to be destroyed and they were going to become heaps and dens of dragons. And everyone will agree that also happened as, as well. After the Persians came through, they destroyed, they destroyed it. And so in Jeremiah 9 and verse 11, he said, and I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons, and I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. And understand this prophecy is one that almost got Jeremiah killed. They did not like hearing this prophecy. Israel was very proud of their buildings, of their towers, their psalms that write about it. Uh, they, they put a lot of trust in those things. They felt very safe because of their walls, their towers, and things that they had. And they did. Solomon built a magnificent temple there that they were very proud of. But God said it's going to be destroyed. And, and sure enough, it was by the Babylonians. And as a result of that, Jeremiah told the Babylonians, you're going you're gonna to get it too. And so in Jeremiah 26, 16, it says, Then said the princes and all the people unto the priest and to the prophets, This man is not worthy to die. For he hath not spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then rose up certain of the elders of the land and spake to all the assembly of the people, saying, Micah, the Morasthite, prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and spake to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed like a field, and Jerusalem shall become heaps and the mountains of the house as the high places of the forest. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah put him at all to death? Did he not fear the Lord and besought the Lord, and the Lord repented him of the evil which he had pronounced against them? Thus might we procure great evil against our souls. And there was also a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah, the son of, of Kirjath-Jerim, who prophesied against the city and against this land, according to all the words of Jeremiah. And when Jehoiakim the king... And all his mighty men and all the princes heard his words. The king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard it, he was afraid and fled and went to Egypt. And Jehoiakim, the king, sent men into Egypt, namely Elmethan, the son of Akbor, and certain men with him into Egypt. And they fetched forth Uriah out of Egypt, brought him unto Jehoiakim, the king, who slew him with the sword and cast his dead body into the graves of the common people. 
Nevertheless, the hand of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, was with Jeremiah that they should not give him into the hand of the people to put him to death. So right there, I want you to notice that uh, in Hezekiah's day, that was when Micah gave his prophecy. Now, Judah was already in trouble. Judah had already crossed the line where certain judgment was going to come. But when that prophecy was given by Micah about Jerusalem or about uh, yeah, becoming heaps and dens of dragons, we see that God repented of that evil in that day. And that judgment did not come on Hezekiah's day because Hezekiah listened to the words of the prophet and he repented. But understand the judgment was still pronounced and was still going to come on them. But it did not come in Hezekiah's day. So here we are now, many years later, in Jeremiah's day. Now they are surrounded by the Babylonians. And Jeremiah comes and basically gives Micah's prophecy about Jerusalem becoming heaps. Now they want to kill him. And then the people wisely bring up the fact that, hey, wait a minute. Remember what Micah did? Remember how you know, he repented and God repented him of the evil to bring on? Remember what the Jehoiakim did with Uriah when he prophesied the same thing and they went and killed him? That was wrong. And so they end up sparing Jeremiah's life. But at the same time, we also see in Jeremiah that you know there's a prophecy like reprobate silver shall men call, call them. That generation, God was determine there's no repentance for this generation they will be destroyed babylon's going to come the temple's going to be destroyed all these terrible things are going to come upon them but so here's the question while the temple was destroyed did that prophecy get fulfilled about zion being plowed as a field and jerusalem becoming heaps and dens of dragons and i'm here today to tell you that no it did not Okay. Now, while that prophecy was prophesying, and part of that prophecy was the destruction from Babylon, understand that when Micah gave the prophecy, it was about destruction from the Assyrians. But God did not let it happen in Hezekiah's day because Hezekiah repented. And then even in Jeremiah's day, while God did let the temple be destroyed and Jerusalem was destroyed during that time, God also ended up giving Israel restoration. God did bring them back after 70 years. And uh, they were allowed to rebuild their temple, but not enough time passed for it to become that heaps and dens of dragons and all those things and to be plowed as a field, all that. None of that happened during that time. In fact, when we read Ezra and Nehemiah, I mean, the, the ruins are still there. They're still able to see. They know where the temple was. They're, they rem They remember it even though... It had been destroyed, and they went and they built those things back up. So that, that prophecy of Micah was still not fulfilled during that time. And that's how it was with a lot of what I would like to call Israel eschatology. And I think it's important that we understand Israel eschatology. I personally believe we have Israel eschatology that all ended bad because Israel rejected the Messiah. And I believe that whenever we look at prophecy from the Old Testament and even the Olivet Discourse concerning Israel, we need to see it as, as prophecies that show potential 
good outcome and bad outcome. Both of them are in the Old Testament. Both of them are in the Olivet Discourse. We also must take into consideration what Israel chose. They rejected the Messiah. And then we should also look at the results. The results were their destruction. Their results were the fulfillment of all these terrible things that were prophesied on them by the prophets. Now, in those Old Testament prophets, we also see the potential for the good that we often apply to ourselves as Christians. And there's a big fight today amongst the dispensationalists and the replacement people about whether that's for the church or whether that's for Israel. And let me just tell you right now, it is not for Israel. Israel was destroyed. Israel chose destruction. Israel rejected the Messiah. Israel got wiped out. Israel's gone. Israel has not come back. But at the same time, I don't think replacement people are wrong when they claim when they go back and look at those good things and claim them for, for themselves. And we will obtain all of those good things, not because we're better than the Jews, but because Jesus is better than the Jews. Jesus and the new covenant is better than the old because we have a better high priest with better sacrifices and better promises. We have we have better everything. So it's not wrong for people to go back and look at those things and say, yeah, we will be the fulfillment of those things. But those things were prophesied to Israel, but as an option, and they did not receive those things. And so they will be fulfilled through those who are in Christ, who was also of Israel. And I think I think everybody gets that. But let me just kind of give you a little more proof of that too. So basically... 70 AD, that was that was the end times, you could say. That was for Israel, and they were destroyed. And I believe in Revelation, after 70 AD, God gave the seven churches what we could say is the new eschatology, the new covenant eschatology that has similarities to the old covenant eschatology. But at the same time, too, you could say there are uh, some differences at the same time. But either way, what we see in Revelation is better because that's the theme of the new covenant, better. It's always better. So um, back to this prophecy about Zion being plowed as a field. Okay, so when was the fulfillment of that? And I think it's important because um, you know in the temple documentary, that's one of the things this prophecy is going to be brought up. And People often want to place the fulfillment of this prophecy after the destruction of Babylon, but that's not true. It actually came much later because it originally was a prophecy for the Assyrians, but God repented. It was given again by Jeremiah. And while God let Jerusalem get destroyed, God did not bring the full judgment because God gave them a restoration. God gave, put them back in the land. God let, uh, gave them a new temple. God brought the Messiah, but then they rejected the Messiah. And as a result of that, they ended up getting now the full fulfillment of all the negative prophecies. And here's a passage everyone needs to get a hold of. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 38, I want to get this up on the screen because this is uh, very important. This is the Apostle Paul. He's preaching 
to the Jews. And he says something very interesting in here. Okay, and again, th this would be a tough sell for me to some of these claims that I've been making and that I'm going to make. It would be a tough sell if it weren't for the fact that the Apostle Paul flat out lays this out and does this. And so look what it says in Acts 13, 38. It says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which was spoken of in the prophets. So notice this right here. Paul said, if you don't listen to Christ, if you do not go to Christ, who can cleanse you from the things that the temple could not cleanse you from, that which was spoken of by the prophets is going to come upon you. And I submit to you that all of the, what I would call Israel eschatology from the Old Testament prophets came upon that, gen that generation in 70 AD. That, that's what I believe. He's like, no, those things came on the previous generations. They came by the Assyrians. They came on by the Babylonians. Well, Paul warned them about something the prophets prophesied against them. And I think when we go back and we look at prophecies against Israel and against Jerusalem, while we'll see some of those things fulfilled in those prophecies, but definitely not all, what we're doing is we're seeing God being merciful. We're seeing God give them another chance. And the final straw was the rejection of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And not just while he was on earth, but at the preaching of the apostles. God gave them 40 years and their rejection through the preaching of the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ resulted in all those things that the prophets wrote about, all that doom and gloom, it sure enough came upon Israel and they got what was coming to them. And so you say, well, I don't think you can apply all those prophecies. I think those things were about stuff from previous generations that were already fulfilled. Well, are you sure? Because let's read a little bit more. Look at what Paul said. After he says, beware, therefore, lest that come upon you, which was spoken in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. So according to Paul, this particular prophecy that he just read was about, was about Israel, or about them in that generation. He's, he, he is warning them that if they don't listen, what the prophets prophesied, was going to come on them. Now, here's a very important question. What prophecy was that? What prophecy did Paul just quote right there when he was when he was preaching to the Jews? Well, he's prophesying in Habakkuk chapter 1. Now, let's go back and look. It says, "Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days." which you will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are dreadful, terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed 
of themselves. And then it gets real poetic just going on about the, the strength of this uh, Babylonian army. And basically what Habakkuk was prophesying was the destruction that was going to come from the Chaldeans. Well, that already happened. So what was this prophecy about in Habakkuk just about judgment from the Chaldeans? Or was it about something that was to be hundreds of years later too? No, it was about some, because again, all in all of these prophecies, when God was bringing judgment on Israel, those things never fully came to pass because God was always being merciful. He was sparing them. He was giving them opportunities of repentance. We see that in all of these prophecies. And so that's why, you know, it was, it was after that first century where we kind of see all these prophecies come to full fruition. And it's the same thing with Zion being plowed as a field and Jerusalem becoming heaps and dens of dragons. That never happened during the Babylonian period. You can read Ezra and Nehemiah and see that. The ruins were still there. They were able, they they knew where the temple was. They remembered it and they were able to repair uh, much of the walls and things that were that were there. And it was a big project, but they were they were able to do that. Um, and, and then, uh, that temple stood until the time of Christ. And then in 70 AD, it was wiped out. And according to history, there was not one stone left upon another. They went all the way down to the foundation, removing all of it. And then even after 70 AD, the Jews, they still wanted to rebuild that temple. And in 132 AD, there was this famous Bar Kokhba revolt where Simon Bar Kokhba, who many believed was the Messiah, he basically led an attempt to rebuild the temple again. And that resulted in a big fight from the Romans. And they went and defeated the Jews again. About ha- over half a million Jews died in that revolt. And this time the emperor decided, I'm going to remove the memory of Jerusalem from the minds of the Jewish people, and he literally stripped everything down. They literally took yokes of oxen and they plowed over Mount Zion, trying to remove any evidence, any memory of the temple in that spot. This is all according to history. And then they built a temple to Jupiter, I believe it was there, and they changed the name to Syria, Palestina. That's what they ended up doing. And it basically... Um, you know, and then, you know, over time that was destroyed and as far, you know, history gets very cloudy after that time, but here's, here's a simple fact. You can just go back a little over a hundred years ago, 150 years ago and where that temple was, the city of David, which is in the temple documentary, we're going to be showing this, that whole area was literally heaps and dens of dragons. There are some very old pictures you can look at from that area. Now they've excavated so much stuff. They've built things there. You know, it's it looks a lot different now. But if you go back, you know, 100 and some years ago, and you, and you look at some of the early uh, earliest pictures they have, some early drawings of that area, it was exactly what Micah described. It was a forgotten city. It was a lost city. It was something that was nothing more 
than a heap exactly like the Bible described. People had literally forgotten where the temple was. And in 1099 AD, when the Crusaders took over the Temple Mount from the Muslims, they declared that Temple Mount as the the Temple Mount area. They they came up with that a thousand years after the temple was destroyed. And so I said, but again, I, you know, we're going to cover a lot of that in the documentary. But I say all this because people do they get confused from that prophecy in Micah because it's clearly a prophecy about something that was coming in that day. But remember, it didn't come in that day. It didn't come by the Assyrians. The destruction of the temple didn't come until generations later by the Babylonians. And then even the Zion being plowed like a field and becoming heaps and dens of dragons, that didn't happen until after the final straw, after Israel's last days, after that seven-year Jewish-Roman war where they were wiped out, they were defeated, they ceased to be a nation, they were scattered on the earth. That was the end of Israel, and that is where we see the fulfillment of the biblical prophecies against Israel. And what many people are doing today in the dispensational world, they are going back to those prophecies about Israel, and they are ignoring the countless scriptures that pronounce doom and destruction if they don't listen. And even Paul, he warned them. Of, you know, He said, lest these things come upon you spoken of by the prophets. And yet somehow dispensationalists, they think all the prophets only prophesied good. No, the Old Testament prophets, they, there was a potential good if they do right. You know, I said before you this day, a blessing and a curse. Israel went with the curse. And everyone ignores all those scriptures and they ignore the fulfillment of those things and are still predicting a good outcome in the future for them. No, the good outcome, okay, the the good eschatology, that is going to come on the people of God who are a people of faith, a people who have been washed in the blood of Christ who have Jesus as their high priest and not a Levitical priest, people who go off the sacrifice of Jesus, not the sacrifice of the temple. It's the people who did not, you know, who went, got away from the temple, like Paul preached about and told the people in chapter 13 that you're not going to be justified by the law of Moses. The people that the good is going to come on are those who are justified by the blood of Christ. That's where the good stuff's going to come from. And so our eschatology today is the book of Revelation. That is New Testament church eschatology. And if you want to make application from Old Testament, I believe you can do that. I don't believe it's wrong to do that. But the primary interpretation, those were the good things for Israel if they take the blessing. But folks, they didn't. They took the curse. And Paul warned them, and he warned them that if they did not believe on Christ, those things that the prophets had spoken would come on them, and that is exactly what happened to them. If Paul was a dispensationalist, he would have said, you know, either way, you got nothing to worry about. The prophets all spoke good concerning you. No, they didn't. They and everyone's ignoring all the bad. And so it's important that you get a hold of those things and the significance of what took place in the first century 
many. In fact, you could say all the Israel prophecy was fulfilled in, in that day. And so any prophecy we are looking for today, it's not about Israel. Any eschatology we're looking at today, it's not about Israel. It's about the believers. It's about the Christians. It's about the church. And everybody needs to get over their obsession with fake Israel. That is Antichrist. That is an Antichrist system. It is an Antichrist uh, you know, religion. And God is not going to fulfill his promises through Antichrist. And everybody needs to get a hold of that. What we are seeing today is not, this is, it is not the Israel of the Old Testament. And the sooner people get a hold of that, the better off they will be. And so this prophecy of Zion being plowed like a field, uh, hopefully now you have a fuller understanding of what it was about when it was fulfilled. It was fulfilled after the first century is when that was fulfilled after God was done with Israel. It was a prophecy that, you know, one like that doesn't happen overnight. It takes years for that. It takes years and decades and even centuries for something like that to fully happen uh, to a place. And and it did. And it, it happened uh, after uh, that first generation that rejected their Messiah. And, um, you know, and the fact that they're digging things up and uncovering these things today. All it's doing is proving the Bible right. It's proving that the prophecies were fulfilled just as the prophets said. And it is not a sign that God's going back to Israel. No, it's God's letting everybody know, hey, I already took care of them. They're done. And so get your mind off Israel. Focus more on Jesus Christ and the new and better covenant. So I hope this was helpful and a blessing. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you all next time.